She's a professional aromatherapist, and he is an international wellness advocate for the largest essential oil company in the world. But their love for essential oils has brought them together. Welcome to Fellowship in Essential Oils, where Elizabeth Ashley and Adam Barillet discuss essential oils and their gifts for the body, heart, head and spirit. Hello and welcome to this episode of Fellowship in Essential Oils. I'm feeling celebratory and buzzy today. Maybe that's because we're talking about a rather sunshiny oil. We're going to explore bergamot today, Liz. Yes, I have to say it's a lovely, happy oil, isn't it? And uh, while it does have physical attributes, the emotional aspect is the most important part of this oil. And we'll definitely be diving into that as well. Now, I start off by introducing it as bergamot. Now, how do you say it? Yeah, I don't say it like that. I say bergamot. Yeah. I don't and know I which do is the, right. Backwards and forwards, you hear lots of discussions backwards and forwards. I actually think bergamot might be correct, but either either we know which oil we're talking about. And the other interesting thing is I originally thought it was this green citrus fruit. And sometimes you see pictures of like a bumpy green rind and that type of thing. And it wasn't until I had that on a cover of one of my other YouTube videos um, and people started going, that's not a bergamot. And then I realised it's actually a yellow fruit and it just kind of looks like a yellow grapefruit, to be honest. It's not that, you know, not that unique really. You're telling me something I didn't know because I've worn this specifically because I thought it was green. So it's not green. I always thought it was green orange. Yeah, no. So the green, I'll, I'll have to try and remember what the, it's another, that's a, a type of lime or, or something, that, that one that's often pictured. But somewhere along the line, someone thought that was a bergamot and off it went. So, yeah, there's a lot oh, of confusion. about for the haters that have always got to have their word. <laughs> Thank I, I don't normally listen to them, but this time I did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it took me down a rabbit hole. So, you know, it doesn't. There's a lot of confusion about how to say it and what it actually looks like. But we can definitely talk for a long time on the essential oil and what it's used for. And I often think of, you know, it's not just another citrus oil. And I kind of imagine if you and I were hanging out at a party with all the citrus oils, um, you know, tangerine would probably be a little bit wild, and you know, grapefruit's probably being a little bit tarty in the corner, and Mandarin's probably playing a joke on someone, but bergamot would just be kind of in the corner chilling, just relaxing. No, not chilling, not chilling. So that's you know, chill at all. Yeah, no, that's probably the most important thing to say, that it's it's got a strange odour pro profile that is uplifting but not sedative. Mm, but that's okay. why it's so important. So um, there's a lot of research in places like old people's homes, for example, yeah. Um, people with dementia get very agitated, as you know. Yes. And so that could be managed using things like diazepines, benzodiazepines, but um, then that makes them kind of like zombies, which mm. to a certain extent makes them a little easier to manage. However, then they can't communicate if they're in pain. Wow. So that's difficult, isn't it? So they've been really looking to see which essential oils can calm somebody down deal with the like the agitation but don't make them like zombies and there is no sedative um, odor profile in bergamot interesting and i have also seen studies about the benefits of diffusing in hospitals as well yes. so the same kind of stressful environment for patients staff and visitors um it, it, it's a commonly used one that seems to be a lot of um in the field research done on the benefits of diffusing this essential oil yes and 
I think it, particularly in COVID, it became really important to try to deal with um, frontline workers' stress. Mm. And, of course, there was all those people that working in hospitals, poor people, surrounded by an incredibly stressful environment. But they couldn't afford to have them, like, having lavender and stuff because it just make them all dozy. So, yeah, again, yeah. you're quite right. Um, that bergamot, <laughs> words went. Bergamot is a really good way to be dealing with that. So somebody's really stuck at suffering from stress or depression. Depression's a really uh, important keyword with bergamot. But, like, I mean, I don't think lavender would make you too drowsy to, to drive, but, you know, those things are cumulative, aren't they? So that sort of uplifting, but, yeah, I'm back up, I'm still on top of my game, is really important. Well, I personally use bergamot the most um, on a physical level is I actually really like it in my bedroom diffuser at night on days when I've had a shitty day kind of thing. Um <laughs> Would you You're would you recommend it? That out. <laughs> oh, I've sworn. That's right. I'm Australian. It, it comes with the territory. Australians are renowned for swearing. I think the English aren't far behind. So. I, I probably taught you every way, everything you know. <laughs> probably exactly. But you're absolutely yes. You're right. Uh, yeah. no, but however, energetically, I feel like it's a morning oil, not an evening oil, to me. Because, yeah, because I like that feeling like you can be in charge of the day, if you know what I mean. Right, I know what I'm going to do. I know what my deadlines are. I can do that. Whereas, mm. I think, uh, be uh, because like at the end of the day, I want sedative oils. But I, yeah. think, I think it's a really good way to use it. Yeah, I guess, you know, in, in the context of the overall sleep oils, if we kind of go on a tangent for a second, on general sleep nights, things like lavender, vetiver, cedarwood, That'll be amazing for me. But I just find on those nights where we've just had a, a rubbish day and we almost need a bit of, and you can mi mix it with a, a lavender or something else as well, where you just kind of need a bit of a mood boost just to kind of like not go to bed totally miserable or hopefully get yeah. a little bit of a boost during the day or during the night as you sleep, I'd love it then. Yeah, and I think if we're not careful, we'll play down um, it, it's the importance of it as an antidepressant you know even in a clinical situation where somebody is clinically depressed yep. then this and yuzu would be my go-to oils very much so i've i've got a, a friend and a colleague who has had big challenges with mental health in in their lives um and user protocol and bergamo featured really heavily just as um aromatic use and topically on the chest with a bit of fractionated coconut oil so they're inhaling it and found really, really supportive effects from that. Yeah. Um, yes, I do like to use it as in an aroma pendant. I think we should address, I, well, let's look at it from a slightly different point of view rather than from a safety point of view. We talk about how it is sunshine. Um, yes. And I do think that the sunshine in, in the oil is the problem that causes phototoxicity. You mm. can get a version of the oil that is FCF, furanocoumarant-free, which means that you don't have the problems with phototoxicity. But it's nowhere near as good for depression. It's like, like the sunshine's been taken out. So there is um, a, a way to navigate that because it is, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the picture that goes around the internet of the woman that's been really, really badly burnt with essential oils. 
I've actually never seen that one. No. Oh, it's, it's horrific. Uh, and it is, it, it was Bergamot that did it. And I mean, you're too young probably to know this, but when I, when dinosaurs rolled the, uh, roamed the earth and I was like a teenager, we used to have this, uh, everybody used to lather on this brown sun lotion called Bergasol. Uh, and you used to go really, really deep brown, uh, and mm. it was the bergamot oil in it. Um, but then they went, oh, this isn't a really a very good idea, and then it got banged because it is so phototoxic. Um, but if you want to navigate it, so the, the first thing is I would really use not the FCF one, like a proper bergamot, if you're going to be doing inhalation work, especially if you've got depression, get all of the sunshine in. But if you're going to use it topically and you want to use it in the daytime, like I say, I prefer to use it in the morning. But the problem is if you go outside into direct sunlight after you've been using it, then you run the risk of phototoxicity, skin sensitization. So the way to navigate that is to bring your dilution way, way, way down. So maximum yeah. dilution of bergamot oil would normally be 3%. But if you drop it right, right down to 0.4%, uh, then you go, I don't really understand why, but you go below the plateau that will cause phototoxicity. So you can use it safely and not worry about, I mean, let's not say, um, you can worry about, you don't have to worry about going on a sunbed. There's a million reasons to worry about going on a sunbed, but then it wouldn't be bergamot. But the same way, uh, you don't have to worry about going outside in the sunshine. So Particularly, like, if you use it as an aroma pendant, then you don't have that problem. But if you do want to use it topically, if you drop it down to 0.4%, then you will be um, guarded against that uh, problem. The other issue to, to worry about is because it's high in monoterpenes, that's why it's so sunshiny, that's why it's so uplifting. But monoterpenes decay, they oxidise very, very quickly. So you need to be replacing your bergamot oil regularly after about six months. And uh, anybody who watches this regularly will know that I have mine on a perpetual like subscription to come without me even remembering. And I can just take the old one off the shelf and not have to worry about hurting anybody's skin that way. So six month replacements. And, you know, they're cheap oils, aren't they? Citrus oils. It's it's not a big expenditure. And I guess, you know, we those that might have just dropped into this episode and not watched all their other episodes, we have talked about in the past that you do that with, with several different citrus oils. So you're replacing a new citrus oil every every month or One six month, month yeah, once a month. So it costs me, what, about £4, doesn't it, per month? But it means yeah. that, like, I don't have to worry about the uh, skin sensitivity of, of orange and lemon, bergamot, grapefruit. Mandarin and one other, but I can't think what it is off the top of my head. But uh, that means just one a month means that I've got this continual safe loop. And the other thing is that when they do oxidize, they don't smell as great anyway. So yeah. that you know, you're keeping on top of that. Exactly. And also, if anyone is a beginner and wondering what we're talking about with this skin sensitivity, as a general rule, all your citrus oils and a couple of others as well, but citrus oils, when popped on your skin, if you go out in direct sunlight, it can increase the, um, the likelihood of getting burned. So you should never put them on topically, except Liz was talking about the dilution then. But just be really careful with any of your citrus oils. They're, they smell great, but they will increase that burning on the skin. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, so what happens, if people are interested to know, so... Most essential oils will be dis uh, distilled, won't they? The plant matter goes into a still, 
the steam takes it out. But that's not what happens with citrus oils. They 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 use this. Um, they're extracted via a, a protocol called Ecuella pique, which is like loads and loads of pins on the rind of the fruit on the outside. So when that's squashed out, what happens is there's a small amount of lipid of, of fat that will uh, transfer across, and that's where the the, the photosensitivity comes from. That the that they are react to the sun on your skin. If anyone's interested in kind of checking out the essential oil or citrus, if you've got a citrus at home, I just like to push my nail along it and you'll actually kind of see it start to ooze or squirt out just in a little micro level, won't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and, and I, I always say to people, like quite often people will ring me in like crisis because they're, they're very low or they're anxious and it doesn't matter if you haven't got any essential oil. All you need is a bit of fruit. Rub it in your hands. Yeah. And you'll get you get that essential oil straight onto your hands. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I had some fun being here in Bahrain in the Middle East. Um, I went to an orchard where they just grow random rare citrus fruits. And I'm sitting there squeezing my finger or my thumb across them all and smelling the different essential oils and citruses I've never heard of before because obviously the citrus family is rather large. Fascinating aromas. Don't know if they'll ever be enough commercially viable for an essential oil, but it was fun to play with at least. That's the thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. And so we just taking that slightly back off that tangent back onto the physical properties. When we're using citrus oils, they all kind of have a similar property that they're very, very stringent. Uh, and so they are lovely for skincare, um, especially if you've got like greasy skin, dirty skin, uh, acne. Uh, all of those, will, as long as you keep your dilutions low, will clean the skin right out. And bergamot's lovely if you've got to do one or two drops in a bowl of hot water and just put a towel over your head and just let it steam the skin. That really cleans the skin very, very well. Mm, and that might be a nicer um, way rather than adding it to, you know, a cleanser where it could be a bit, like a couple of drops could be a bit too much for the skin, couldn't it? Yeah, I like it in toners, though, I have to say. Um, okay, yeah. a, a drop or two in um, a little bit of alcohol and then sh uh, shaken into something like a, a lavender floral water is really beautiful. Good for yeah, really beautiful. for teenage skin in particular. Are there any other physical kind of um, challenges that you might reach for Bergamo for? Water infections. I don't okay. Think, I don't think there's anything as good as bergamot for water infections. So... Um, and actually, although I don't uh, advocate internal use very often, I have seen situations where somebody's had a, a like bleeding cystitis and just one drop of bergamot in some vodka has completely stopped it within minutes. Uh, but I would always say use something like uh, cypress or geranium or bergamot externally first. Um, don't go down the route of internal if you can help it, but it will really work very fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we assume it's the, the burger, not the vodka. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. So in the emotional realm, this is one that I really love. And in a, in a recent episode, we talked about spite now, and I talked about spite now being nice for self-worth and really, um, really helping with one's value. For me, bergamo is really, really beautiful for helping with someone's self-esteem. And it would probably be my number one oil for those that are feeling like I'm just rubbish kind of thing. Um, it 
Oh, sorry, you're going to speak? Nope, go on. No. Yeah, so real, I, I, anyone who's just kind of wanting to do, you know, we're always working on our self-esteem and our self-worth. Anyone who's wanting to do that work, you know, often what's encouraged is something like affirmations um, or that kind of self-esteem practices. The more you can bring in this, um, you know, bring in Bergamo for that elevatory kind of effect, I think really enhance anything you're doing when you just you know i work with it when on days i'm feeling low when i get into bed and I'm, it's been a flat day or anytime i need a little lift i think bergamo is a really really great oil i think it works physically but it does come into that emotional realm and, and we'll kind of venture into the spiritual as we go along as well yeah i agree with all of that um and i will come back to that in a second but i think also just this idea of sunshine when people are depressed, that there's hope at the end of the tunnel, really. Um, mm. That people can, it, I don't know, if you if somebody's depressed, it can seem like the world is very, very grey for a long yeah. time. And you really cha- it really changes the way I think that you see light. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know scientifically how you would explain that in terms of it touching the brain, but I'm sure that eventually we will be able to that it doesn't seem like there's like everything's grey and blunted and gloomy. You suddenly do notice things feeling a bit lighter. Um, and so that uh, that is really important when somebody's depressed, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think where I, I, I also love it in this kind of arena is when, when <laughs> someone's flipping themselves into self-comparison. Um, and I find, you know, we often... I. I love to, when when I'm looking at challenges in life, different people look to, you know, different um, teachings or things like that. And I always like to look at, okay, well, what, what, how would nature approach this? And if we think about, you know, everything in nature is very, very different, but all plays an important role. And comparing a tiger to a fish, to an oak tree, to a ant is, is stupid. But we sit there and go, well, I'm not like that person on Instagram or I'm not like that person on TV, so I have no value. No, that person's really good at something, but we're good at something else. And I think Bergamo is a really great one for just helping you, again, like you're saying, bring that sunshine in. And it works really beautifully with the solar plexus chakra and it allows us to let our light shine, our unique light, rather than trying to imitate someone else's or, or you know, compare to someone else as well. Yes, and it's very genteel. I mean, we've probably skipped over an important aspect of the oil in that it is the the flavor of earl grey tea you know that's what that's what it's grown for and that's very genteel you know that one one walks into a room and sits very quietly and drinks one's tea aware that people are probably watching now that's very much earl grey um ideal and I think that, that that comes from the oil of being able to say, well, that I am I am lit up. I'm not necessarily in the spotlight, but people are probably observing me and seeing interesting things that maybe I can't see. Mm. Now, we know we're talking about astrology at the end, but I, I'm going to slot it in here today. Um, I still find Bergamo to be a bit more, you know, connected to the sun and connected to Leo. Yes, and but that's what, yeah, so that, I knew that we would end up there. That's why I said about you, I'm going to come back to the self-worth because I absolutely agree. Of course, it's the sun. Of course, it's uh, it's Leo. And so all of that is solar plexus energy as well. So you yeah. would like look at the physical um, things of solar plexus of digestion and stuff like that. But a lot of that comes from 
just like an internal calm that that it, that it brings but certainly this idea of self-worth of being worthy but also we can take it further and into the archetype that it's um strengthening and it's fortifying all of those things come from like you know the shriveled person with the with the depression is really born in it and eventually we stand up like like a tree really and that mm. comes from the sun yeah and, and you know it, it may not be one of the premier oils for helping with physical digestive issues but it definitely helps us to digest our life because if we have confidence in ourselves then we're going to be able to deal with the challenges each day and go well, whatever happens you know like that leo-esque energy well I'm the star and I'll I'll navigate through these challenges and these dramas and that type of thing. So it can it, it helps on that emotional level with the solar plexus chakra really well, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I just think when the solar plexus is weak, then we're buffeted by everything that comes our way. Um, mm. and, and it's very easy to go from I'm okay to I'm in the doldrums again and it's, something's hitting and I, I can't quite get back up. Um, but if you use sun oils, then you get that strengthened nature of being able to fight back faster and bounce back faster. Yeah. Now, today I brought a bit of show and tell with you because I've got a little thing that I've been teaching for probably oh, 25 years now, and it incorporates Bergamo, and people have really loved it. And I've had lots of feedback from many, many people about it actually works really well as well. So this is my favourite little abundance spell. So what you need is you need your bergamot essential oil. You need a crystal, and it's citrine. And those that are kind of new to crystals, there's two types of citrine. There's a natural citrine that naturally grows yellow in the ground. And this is this one that's kind of bright that people are more familiar with that actually grew in the ground as an amethyst, as purple, and then they put it in a heater, and it turns to that yellow colour. But they're Wait, both so that didn't grow yellow? No, that was actually yeah, an amethyst that, when it that came out all, the ground. Is that always the case with citrine? With those, as, as you can see, this one here, those yeah. bright ones, yes, yeah. that's called heat-treated citrine, and it came out of the ground as a purple amethyst, and then they put it in an oven, the iron changes around a little bit, and it turns into the yellow. Why would Whereas you do that, that? Pardon? Why would you do that? Because because amethyst grows more readily, and oh. people want some yellow crystals too. And so, as you can see, the natural one is a little less kind of impressive. This is a bit more chilled. This is a bit more vibrant. Yep. So, yeah. So, wow. there you go. There you go. And if you want to find out more about citrine, check out my citrine videos on YouTube. But you're going to need a little citrine, your bergamot essential oil, and then you're going to need the largest note that's in your currency. So, show and tell from Australia, we have... 100 is our largest note. And the cool thing about Australian money, it's plastic. So it can go through the washing machine or you can take it to the beach oh, and it won't dissolve. Ours is like that now, but it all sticks together. Oh, ours doesn't. Ours is very, very good. But very anyway, good. Yes. Yeah. So what you do is you sit, you, you know, in a meditative state, you kind of sit there and you contemplate, what does abundance look like to me? Does that look like you, you know, do you see your credit card all paid off do you see a certain money in the bank account are you living a certain lifestyle are you going on a certain holiday and you hold that for a little while visualize that and you want to kind of light your senses so you don't just want to think about it you want to kind of be in it so you want to see it smell it taste it feel it hear it as though you're actually there you know if you wanted to manifest a new car see your hand on that wheel feel it smell that new car smell maybe you're driving along the coast you can taste the salty air and hear the engine or the music playing 
and you kind of generate that energy. And then what you want to do is you want to grab your little crystal and you hold that in the hand that you write with. So most of us, that will be our right hand. And you send that energy and that that kind of um, image into the crystal. And you do that for as long as you can. Now, what we love about crystals is crystals have been found because of their crystalline structure, growing in perfect squares or rectangles or hexagons or so on, they hold a lot more energy. So it's going to hold that image for you. Then you're going to get your bergamot essential oil. Get a couple of drops in your hands. You're going to rub that all over the crystal and you're going to rub that on the, for in Australia, a $100 note or whatever it may be, pound, euro, so on. And then the crystal and the money go into your purse or your wallet. So how do these all work together? The crystal is holding that image or that, that vibration that even when you're not thinking about abundance, it keeps it nearby you. The Bergamo works in a couple of ways. We've talked about self-worth a lot so far today. And what you'll find is when we feel good about ourselves, the universe normally pays us what we believe our, we're worth. And people always go, oh, well, I'm priceless. And I'm like, okay, so if I was to hire you, could you give me $100 per hour worth of value? And they're like, oh, yeah, what about $1,000 worth of value? And we all have a point where we're like, oh, I don't know if I'm worth $10,000 an hour and that type of thing. So Wellington Bergamo helps our self-worth, which can kind of raise our vibration and how abundant we feel we deserve. Plus what you're doing is you're creating what I call an aromatic anchor. We all know that we smelt things before and it's reminded us of our grandmother that we loved or an ex that we hated and it takes us back through that limbic system. And so this, you're starting to associate Bergamo with not only self-worth, but that feeling of abundance. So each time you open your wallet or your purse, you're getting that waft of bergamot, taking you back to that feeling. Now, the trick is with that note, you're never allowed to spend it. And what starts to happen is each time you're opening your purse, instead of going, oh, I've got no money, you go, oh, I've got some money. Now, I've had that $100 note sitting in my wallet now for several, several years. When I was younger, I used to keep spending it because I had an emergency like I had to buy that jacket and I put another $100 note in. But my money kept on running out. But once I was actually like, no, I will refuse to spend it. And even if I'm at a cash-only market or something, I'll walk for 15 minutes to go find an ATM to go get money out because that is my commitment to not running out of money. My my budget or my money always goes up and down, but I always have enough to pay for what I need to pay for. And from doing that, and lots of people have been doing that, I'd love everyone else to give it a shot as well, it's been absolutely amazing in how much um, people have found their finances have just kind of tilted over a little bit that they're not running out of money and having to wait until Thursday to pay their next bill. You're on. I'm going to do it. Excellent. I expect feedback. And those yes. that are coming to our masterclass in February, um, we would love to hear about, you know, give it a shot. And I'll, I'll share another abundance one that's got a few more essential oils and a few more crystals. It's my web of abundance one. I'll share that in the masterclass, but I'd love anyone to start trying that now and then come to our masterclass and let us know how they're going with it. Very good. Mm. So, yeah, bergamot, I think it is a, it, it definitely one that we need in our essential oil collection. I think it does sit slightly at it, – it's, it's the same but different from the rest of the citrus oils, and I don't think you need to go, oh, I've got orange and lemon, I don't need bergamot. Would you agree? To think yeah. that I was thinking how many times do I actually use it but yes I think that um 
I think from a, from an emotional point of view, it's it's an extremely good anchor, a rescue oil to use. Yeah. Mm. It just for me, it just has a little bit more of a um, of a depth sometimes that something like a lemon or an orange might not have. I don't I don't, yes, I don't know why. Yes. You know what and I mean? It's, yes, and it's a very good oil to use in blends, definitely. Um, famously, like eau de cologne and things like that, usually have. Um, bergamot in so if you're making your own perfumes and your own blends very good oil to use really adds a an interesting kind of green note to things yeah just a, a, a making your own obviously you've got to be careful with dilutions and that type of thing should we be wary when we buy perfumes or clones if one of the listed ingredients is bergamot doesn't always mean bergamot is in there but that's a whole different story but if there are citruses in there should we be wary of wearing those perfumes and colognes when we're out in the sun do you think no the dilutions on the dilution, particularly on eau de cologne, can't remember how small it is. If you ask my mom, she'd tell you straight off. But it's teeny, 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 tiny. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Just yeah, and I, not that I'm a fan of perfumes or colognes anyway. I found it very interesting what they know. describe the ingredients is and what the actual ingredients are are very, very different. And often they'll describe all these fruits and flowers and woods, and none of the actual plant matter actually makes it into that cologne or perfume. Well, sometimes the the a synthetic version is better, isn't it, to, in terms of making a scent? But um, yeah, for uh, aroma aromatically, you would need to use essential oil for therapy, but not necessarily to make a, a, a scent of something. Yeah, and the challenge with, with with essential oils is obviously nature nature changes the aroma slightly each year. And you know, I, I know someone who used to work in a sandalwood distillery, and the aromatherapist wanted the natural sandalwood but the um the perfumers needed the scent profile to be exactly the same year after year because yes. you can't have chanel number five smelling a little bit different this year because there's less rainfall in a in an area so that's where the synthetics often used yeah exactly right yeah. Mm. well bergamot it's put me in a good mood i haven't put you in a good mood anything else that you think that we haven't touched on about bergamot it's a simple yet effective oil really isn't it yeah and um yeah, I suppose the other thing to say is you probably you can put it in the bath. So, but I would always put it into a bit of a carrier oil first. Uh, if you did feel like you wanted to um, to soak in it, it's very good for like water retention. So, if you're feeling bloated before that beautiful week of the month, then but yeah, just generally uplifting, not sedative. Just that's important yeah. to remember and phototoxicity. Final question about baths. Would you do you prefer to put them in a in a carrier oil for that dispersion of the essential oil, or mixing it a little bit with bath salts, or does it not matter in your opinion? Um. So, <clears throat> I am um, got well and truly told off for this. So, <laughs> so most of the time I don't put them into a carrier at all. Um. But um, with something like a, a bergamot, it's definitely safer to do that. But remember that oils and water don't mix. So whatever mm. you do, it's just going to float on the top of the water. You mix it into salt. Actually, it, um, salt doesn't absorb essential oils either. Um, mm. So, again, it's just collecting on the surface. So that's not diluting it either. So if there is uh, – but I have to say, to me – Diluting it into a carrier oil is more problematic from the point of view that you make your bath really slippy and then that's dangerous. So hey, weigh it up. The, the the only safe thing that you could do is put it in honey. Yeah, or, or I have heard milk. 
Milk, yeah. So mixing with milk powder is, is good as well. That's very Cleopatra, isn't it, and milk powder. I was going to say, if it's good enough for Cleopatra, it's good enough for us as well. So I'm about to go have I a... I feel a very clean bath, when right? I get out of a milk bath, I have to say. I feel like I'm covered in milk. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us for this week's episode of Fellowship in Essential Oils. Please make sure, let us know below how you like to use bergamot and what you've noticed it's done in your life, either physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. And while you're lingering down beneath the video, make sure you click on that link for our masterclass. It's happening in February. It's just before Valentine's Day. And we're going to be talking about everything, love, intimacy, soulmates, and of course, answering all your questions as well. So we look forward to seeing you really, really soon. Leave us a comment below and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.